Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the Custard TV podcast. I'll just see if I remember how to do this. It has been three weeks since you last heard my voice. It's me, Matt, sometimes host of the Custard TV podcast. Uh, We have got with us uh, this week two regular contributors to the site and the podcast. First in uh, sunny Scotland. It looks very sunny. Dawn Glen in, in the Dundee area. In the centre of Dundee, the heart of of the sunniest city in Scotland, I'll have you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it looks very nice. You're looking very summery. Yes, it's uh, very hot, and unfortunately, we live between two high-rise buildings, so it's not like it's not like we can get a lovely view of the sun or the beach. If I lean my head right out the window, I can see the water. So that's something. Oh, lovely. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought sort of beaches though in in Scotland. Are you near a beach? I am very near a beach. Yes, uh, just three, about three minutes away from the beach, and okay. it's uh, an award-winning beach. So there you go. Okay. Well, there you are. You learn something new every day. Every day is a school <laughs> day. Back with us once again is uh, Michael Lee. How are you, Michael? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. I'm unfortunately I'm not a member of the Dundee Tourist Board. <laughs> Well, you're pretty near to beaches as well, aren't you? I am, you yeah. Like, yeah, I've been to the beach a couple of times this week. Yeah, I'm not too about five miles away, not too far. Exeter, am I right there? Yeah, Exeter. So, yeah, I've been down to Exmouth a couple of times this week. And here I am in the Midlands, nowhere near a beach at all. Well, you've made your choice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what have we been, have we been watching much since we last spoke? Because as I say, we've been away for a few weeks. Not been a great deal on other than the uh, the summer of sport, really. Um, anyone been watching anything particular? I watched the Lazarus Project, which I really enjoyed, and I'm really happy that that's got series two. But yeah, I'd, I'd say there's not a lot that's grabbed me overall. I've seen bits and pieces of things, but uh, the Sandman. Let's not talk about the Sandman. <laughs> just, just overlook that. I know Dawn's watched the first episode of the yeah. Sandman. Is there some yeah. sort of controversy? Yes, I don't know what the controversy is, but <laughs> I'll avoid it. <laughs> <laughs> and what about you, Dawn? I, I've just finished the uh, season three of the Orville, which I absolutely loved, and I think more people should watch. I think people kind of judged it as a Seth MacFarlane type vehicle, you know, mm. the Family Guy, Ted, whatever, but it's nothing like his kind of humour at all. It's very warm and very lots of social commentary, and I, I, I really recommend it. If you like Star Trek, it's not a parody. It's much more of a building from where Star Trek you know what they set up building on from that that's what that's what i've heard people say you know that it's sort of more star trekky than some of the new star treks in a way yes it's very much so it's a lot more like uh next generation in its its uh, ethos i think um than obviously like discovery and things like that so yeah i think if you like star trek you would like it the other bit of tv news since we uh left you is big brothers coming back i don't know if anyone's got any views on that at all michael uh no i I watched i watched the first couple of series like 20 odd years ago and Mm -hmm. then kind of bowed out of it but i think we need new ideas really Mm. but then i suppose if it's itv2 they're thinking love island's popular and they think they could probably revive the reality format i i think it needs to be something different from love island i don't know if dawn was about to say the same thing But it, it, you know, it can't. It needs to be not just sort of young, pretty people who have got like ten million Instagram followers and are doing this for promotions, and you know, are related to. And I think that's where Channel Five sort of 
fell into a bit of a a roadblock with it and it I, I suppose it needs to it it's quite a simple format if you don't mess with it too much i mean dawn i mean i was a fan in the channel four days watched a bit of channel five ones tuned in mainly for the celebrity ones on channel five because i was like why are they doing it kirsty <laughs> alley yeah what are your thoughts on it dawn yeah i religiously watched the channel four well, up until I think season 11 is when I last watched it. And I, it became more and more about let's put as many single people who could possibly sleep with each other as possible, you know, into one place. And I, I like the originals, you know, when it was a real mix of, you know, Anna, the ex nun, and a, an old person, and a, you know, a, a hippie person. And it yes, was. Uh, yes, yes. And I think that was when it was really like a social experiment. I, I am worried how it would be now because people are so self-aware of reality TV, what it is mm-hmm. to be on TV and won't act as naturally as they could. I think it would still be interesting to see it if they did it in more in the original fashion. And, and apparently they're saying now uh, Alison Hammond might be the one of the presenters. So. Mm. Another ITV piece. Who started on Big Brother in yeah, the Jay exactly. Goody year. Yeah. Uh, for those unaware. I, I think part of it as well is like, this, you know, we're in the social media age and everything yeah. is so, you know, whereas in 2000 when it started and people didn't really know what it would be. Now there is that self-awareness, as you say. Can you sort of recapture that essence? I suppose, will it draw an audience? I mean, I've got no interest in Love Island at all. I don't know if... I'm guessing Michael's never seen it either. No, never. People at the office often talk about it in, like, you know... I think it's like every reality TV show, if you get sucked in. I I just feel really old when (laughs) someone (laughs) talks about it. So, um, but yeah, so uh, there's the uh, Big Brother coming back, I think, next year. So uh, quickly, shall we do some plugs, Michael? Let's start with you and your your two podcasts. I know the the Being Human podcast is sort of the one you've got sort of the focus on at the moment. Yeah, I do a podcast on Manic Street speaker, uh, Preachers called Manic Street Speakers. And I've also started a podcast on my favourite TV show, Being Human. Uh, it's called the Box Tunnel Survivors Group, and we're pretty much near the end. Next episodes will be near the end of series one, and it's an in-depth take on each episode, and we'll have interviews and audio essays and things like that. So it's a pretty in-depth reading of a show that ended nearly a decade ago. Really, <laughs> it's niche, like all podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dawn, what about the shipyard? Yeah, we're still chundering our way through each day. Uh, we also just recorded a special episode just for fun on spoilers on the topic of can spoilers be a help can they not how much should a show uh trail and you know if, if in terms of ships if, if a couple is going to get together should you advertise it does it really surprise or but do you need that to make sure people are watching so uh, that'll be up uh soon and that'll be uh yeah just a little summer extra and then we'll get back to the eight scenes and what's the next on the A to Z? Where are we? F, F for Frasier. Frasier. Okie dokie. We are, as ever, on all your uh, podcasting apps of choice here at the Custard TV Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. Uh, please rate, review and subscribe. Um, we have got up on the site at the moment. Uh, Luke has been a busy boy. He has reviewed Marriage, which we will be talking about in a moment. He has also reviewed the latest episode of Better Call Saul. And he's also done a retrospective of another show that was on years and years ago on the BBC, Clocking Off, uh, which is all on the iPlayer now, I'm led to believe. And uh, we've also got a piece from James about uh, The Great, which we talked about uh, on the last podcast, and I believe is airing weekly still on Channel 4. So uh, with that all out of the way, let us uh, begin the reviews. We start with Marriage. This is a uh, drama. Uh, Sunday and Monday nights at 9pm for the next two weeks, uh, but it will all be on the iPlayer by the time you hear this. It is written by Stefan... I looked up at Goloszewski. Stefan Goloszewski, there you go, uh, who um, has previously written um, and created... Him and Her and Mum, 
this stars Sean Bean and Nicola Walker, and Michael will just quickly run us through uh, the basic building blocks of this. Yes, uh, thank thank God you did the name pronunciation. Um, <laughs> I'm really glad that Luke isn't on this week's episode. It's not a secret. I tried to like Mum before, and I just couldn't get on with it. So, I and how him, about uh, him and her, Michael? Yeah, Did him and a... her. I I didn't watch him and her, him and her initially because it was one of the shows that Russell Tovey left being human for, and I was <laughs> a bit like, I'm not watching that. He's left. Um, <laughs> But yeah, what I've seen, I haven't seen it in full. What I've seen about him and her, I do like. Uh, so that's one of the shows that I keep meaning to go back and actually give it a proper watch. Watch it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I tried to like Mum. I just couldn't. I, no matter how hard I tried, I just didn't get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marriage, I think, lives in the same world. Even though this that was more comedy, this is more drama. It kind of lives in that world because it's just very domesticated. Uh, Nicola Walker stars as Emma and Sean Bean stars as Ian, a married couple of 30 years and they're going through the struggles of an, or a relationship that feels like it's in the dying embers really. And at first we see them at the airport bickering as couples do at airports, that's not, that's not unusual and it's mostly about a jacket potato. Um, and once they get onto the plane it gets a bit more bitter and a bit more narky. You can see there's love there, but you can also see they're probably a bit tired of each other. So once they're home, we see more mundane, mundane elements of their life. They're watching the TV in silence, getting aggravated by each other's habits. And of course, the long-standing issues with the marriage come out too. Um, I really admire the snow, slow pace because a lot of TV nowadays is fast editing, cuts. You know, everything has to be now, now, now. And it's quite a brave thing to leave everything lingering for so long there are some moments that linger way too long there's a moment where they walk into the cemetery that takes i i swear about five minutes i think the the, the idea is yours these are people that these characters are supposed to feel, com- feel comfortable with i.e your husband your wife your dad and the communication's horrible they've got issues with each other and there's an aspect, I think he's he's written plays before, right? there's, mm. there's an aspect that you're watching a play. It's like a quietly theatrical play you're watching. And I admire what it's setting out to achieve. That said, it's a bit boring, isn't it? Mm. Uh, Dawn, do you have any <laughs> counter argument? I know you're a big mum supporter and defender Um, as am i i think this obviously is missing the warmth of mum but i think that's deliberate it's obviously uh based on a lot of sort of not coldness but but just uh, separateness in mum you feel that kathy is the center of the world and you feel her love for everybody even though everybody around her is awful In, in this, it's, the, the love is sort of un, very understated. We know that they love each other and we do see it in moments, but there's a lot of not to love. I think to me, it reminded me a lot of Roger and Val have just got in, the um, mm. Alfred Bellina and Don French series. Um, oh, I don't know when that was, 90s, I think. Um, 20, and, 2010, Dawn. You've always... Oh, 2010, really? No <laughs> way. Was it that? Okay. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it has the same kind of feel as that, the very quietness, the mundane domestic life, but this underlying sadness. And and it's the same backstory with both couples. We, we learn in marriage that uh, the couple had lost a child at very young, I, I think from what they say, basically at birth. Um, and they have adopted a daughter. And although they love the daughter, there's there's a tension with the daughter and, and Sean B character i feel like a lot of it is is revolved around sean bean's character and in a way it's a real study very british and a real study of men of that kind of of age sort of you know 50 50s the children have left home he's been made redundant and he just feels completely adrift in the world and he doesn't have the communication skills to express that and i I think it's very hard to write characters who are not expressing themselves but I think I think it's done very well and I I, I did uh, you know really care and want to see them like oh talk to each other I just wanted to scream all the time you know, talk about it but obviously Sean Bean and Nicola Walker are 
amazing actors anyway. So you know they're going to do a good job with very difficult material because there's so little dialogue. Um, but it's I, I did enjoy it, but I understand totally uh, what what Michael is saying. Did you, did you just watch the first one, Dawn? Because you have a tendency to watch more than one. I, I watched all four. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd be interested that if your view sort of changed on it. I, I disagree with Michael that I found it boring. I, I, I sort of read it. I didn't read that this was a relationship that was on the rocks. I think it's a relationship where you know, they don't need to really sort of talk to each other anymore. Is it 27 years they've been married, yeah. something like that? So um, there is that mundanity to it. There is the scene where they're watching the TV and he takes his shoes off and puts. does he put his feet on the table and then she looks at him. So he, you know, that, that feels quite true to life. And as you say, there's that argument over the jacket potato that just goes on and on and on. But as soon as the plane starts... And she can see he's nervous. She grabs his hand and there is still that love there. Um, I, I think to your point, Dawn, about Mum and, and Kathy, and I think this is true with the characters in Stephen Becky and, and him yeah. and her, like the supporting characters all sort of came to them. They were the centre, uh, you know, even if there was sort of that passive aggressiveness to them or the you know, I don't like them very much. There was still that warmth there, where, which I don't, I felt was lacking a bit in marriage when when it wasn't those two characters on screen. I think they had excellent chemistry. They were excellent together. But when you saw them with other people, it didn't really seem like anyone really liked them very much. No. I think that was my main, my main issue with it, is like, especially Sean Bean's character, you know, he's got a really strained relationship with the adopted daughter, uh, there's that weird bit in the gym. I don't know. Does that get yeah. paid off later on? Because that no. just no. <laughs> that's that's one of the things I wanted to say about the show was they do these side stories with other characters, and you see the other characters in their own life, and then we never see them again. It's just I don't quite know what that was for, mm. but <laughs> because we yeah, never see her again. <laughs> that's even odder to me now. And and I've got a friend who is a massive Sean Bean fan. You know. She absolutely adores him, fancies him rotten. And she would never believe that any woman would hide from having, stopping to have a conversation with your being. But it's, and, and the scene with uh, James Bolam as um, Emma's father, and they believing that like he's controlling her or something like that, which just, you know, isn't true. That I, I did like that scene though, in the sort of, the conversations you have when you come back off holiday with your elderly parents and talking about the food and the drink and that that was good but I just I don't know his supporting characters have always been fully formed as well you know especially in mum when you had like you know Kelly and and Derek and Pauline they you felt like you knew all of these characters and they had all these little moments and like for example in the first episode you've got the daughter's boyfriend who isn't subtly drawn he is a very controlling character and and that doesn't ring true to the rest of the show which is quite subtle in in the way it tells the character stories so i like them together there's also the story with her boss this younger guy jamie who ian's a little bit jealous of perhaps it didn't sort of all hold together for me i liked bits of it but i i found other bits harder to handle and that was when there was other characters on screen so it's a really brave thing and an important thing to do make tv like this in the sense that there doesn't need to be a lot of dialogue to make tv interesting and to look at the finer details of marriage and what 30 years of marriage can do to a couple and so many shows now are cgi and so all over the place and grand and great and big and if you look at something I mentioned earlier, the Sandman, that's got all that, but it lacks humanity. Something like the Sandman to me lacks humanity. This has got loads of humanity, but it didn't really have a lot of depth to me. I know what it's trying to tell me, and I understand all the all those me- the merits that the, that the show has, but as a as an hour of TV, I found it quite tiring. Do you know people like? uh cringe comedy some people cannot abide mm. any kind of cringe comedy this is almost cringe drama 
And mm. I felt like right. an hour of it was after 22 minutes. It was the graveyard scene. I, I had a quick look at the time and it was 22 minutes. I was thinking, oh, my God, there's so much more to go. yet." <laughs> the side plots that are happening in this episode, if it's at such a slow pace anyway, and there are side plots that go nowhere as well, that would mm. be more frustrating. That is the bit that got me as well, Michael, I think is the bit at the gym. I think that was your bit at the, at the graveyard, which yeah. I I liked that bit. And I thought that was well played. And the way that, you know, she cried first and then he cried. And it took, you know, I got I think it was, as I say, when they tried to open the world up beyond these two characters, it fell a little bit flat for me, I think is what I'm saying. And also the 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 theme tune they use here, which oh, is so- cool. <laughs> It's another annoying theme tune. It's another like it's got an annoying theme tune. <laughs> Part is it Partita for Eight Voices for, uh, by Caroline Shaw? I did write it down because I, you know, even him and her album. I, I, you know, part of the thing is the both theme tunes. I think they they had Boom Bang a Bang was him and her, and then Mum was they call it the Cup song, don't they? I think. Yeah. Uh, but this is that was uh, like when it's when the theme starts when they're on the plane and it's like what's the what's happening <laughs> yeah yeah it is yeah the mum theme tune created created me as well but i think this one but i think but i think what it is i was thinking has, has a band just come on the plane is what's yeah what's going on it i was, thought it was the safety instructions <laughs> yes I I, 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 what's going on <laughs> um yeah but i think because I have got faith in the in the writer and and the actors, I am you know. Would you, having watched it all, Dawn, do you think it was worthwhile investing your time in it? I do, but if you don't enjoy the piece to begin with, it's mm. it's not going to get any better. I I do think there are bits of it that just go off. I, I don't mean other characters, but the main story. I won't see what happens, but there's a bit that you just sort of go. Okay, is is this the denouement? Is this the big thing that's going to happen? And then there's going to be uh, consequences that are in this, and then it's never brought up again. And I'm like, oh, okay, no. Mm. So I did enjoy the end. The end feels like you you told the story, and this is the end point, mm. uh, and and it's explaining itself. But it, you have it to does... sort of work to get there. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So probably not for Michael then, but I'm I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I may return to that but yeah it's all on the iPlayer now and I, interestingly Sunday nights at 9 Sunday and Monday nights at 9 p.m which is a bit strange because that's sort of like the big drama slot to an extent and I know they haven't really had a lot of, this seems to be sort of slotted in before we have our big explosive drama I think the capture's coming back so that'll probably fill this one of these slots at least um, on bank holiday weekend but it does feel a bit odd that this is in that in that sort of banner slot doesn't it and I think yeah. maybe that's an I, I can sort of but you know we're recording this on Sunday before the first episode's gone out but I can see there being a lot of sort of general backlash against having this drama where not a lot happens for an hour on in that slot where a lot of people will just turn it on and um, I believe Van der Vork is on ITV at the moment <laughs> Facts fans <laughs> Um, as a sort of counterbalance, which is a traditional Sunday night crime drama. But again, I'll be interested in the reaction. I think if you're familiar with Mum and, you know, as Michael isn't a great... I mean, is that, again, because of the sort of the slowness of it or the characters or... I think it's more the portrayal of the characters. I don't find uh, Sean Bean or Nicola Walker annoying in this. Mm. Like Dawn said, sometimes you want to shake them and go, come on, talk to each other. Mm. But... I, I mean, the characters in Mum, yeah, did annoy me. Okay. I, it's just, I can't, it's got its merits. And mm. like, like you say, people on Twitter, when this comes out on Sunday night, will be, what is this? Nothing's happening. Mm. Um, I don't mind not much happening, but it just... Yeah, you just felt it was a drag. And that's, and that's fine. And good thing, as you say, Luke's not on this week, because he would have probably... <laughs> uh, you know, you can read Luke's thoughts now on, on the website, as I said. Um, but yeah, this is all on the iPlayer now. I think we've picked this week four very different dramas as well. So ho- hopefully there's something for everyone. Um, next up, we have uh, Red Rose. This is a new, I would say, sort of teen horror. Would you agree with that? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the opening scenes are in uh, Manchester at Christmas time. Uh, we spend time with a girl called Alicia. I won't really go into what happens there because I think, as Dawn was talking about spoilers, I'll try not to spoil as much as I can. But very much uh, the opening beats of a horror film that you would expect. You know, if you've seen any sort of slasher film, you sort of know what's coming. Six months later, we are now in Bolton with a group of young people who've just finished uh, their GCSEs. They're having this big party on the moors. Rochelle is one of their number. Uh, Unlike her other friends who are all talking about summer jobs and going away, uh, she is uh, raised by a single father. She has two younger twin sisters who she is having to care for. She sort of works her way into getting an invite to a party held by uh, the popular uh, Becky Fox. She gets uh, what she believes is a link uh, from Becky to an app called Red Rose. While Rochelle's using Red Rose, life seems to go a bit better for her. She gets a um, an outfit that she's look, looking to wear for this party. But we see as, as things go on, things turn a little bit more sinister. It sort of warps texts that she sends to people, that she receives from people. There's almost like a suggestion that she can communicate with her late mother. And then we get to the party itself and sort of things deteriorate and we get, you know, what the app might have in store uh, for Rochelle. So, Michael, I'm going to go to you first on this. Obviously, being a human fan, that was a BBC Three supernatural um drama what what did you make to this yeah is this officially under the banner of bbc3 yeah yeah it does it has got that feel like in the flesh the fades and being yeah. human yeah it's definitely got that feel uh what i would say is it was nice to not feel really old as a 42 year old man <laughs> watching teenagers in a tv show i mean they look young of course they look young but i didn't think oh my god i'm so old now which i think is a good thing there was an element especially from the horror opening, which is very horror and, and in dark and obviously all, all that kind of thing happened to them being an open light into their own houses and on the moors that was like an unreality. You could see they're on the moors, but uh, well, the way it was directed, it was kind of surreal. The way the party was, it kind mm. of it kind of had a weird look around it. And, and obviously that's on purpose to give a sense of disorientating. Yeah, like it was like it was like real world, but it kind of wasn't. Mm, uncanny maybe yeah i would say the first episode is a slow burn because it's setting up all the arcs of the series and you know all the friendships a really strong cast i thought i thought what they were doing with the act was particularly interesting because in a way black mirrors covered social media before but they've used social media likes as a form of payment whereas this was playing on that dopamine hit to almost bribe the victim into here in key west we were out before it was in in this open and inclusive paradise you can be yourself make new friends and savor our live and let live vibe with lgbtq plus friendly accommodations our legendary nightlife and year-round activities and events it's always a good time to come as you are key west close to perfect Far from normal. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Manipulation or 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 doing things that they should or pushing them to doing things that they shouldn't do, and then forcing a, a barrier between her and her friends. Mm. So it's playing on that technology tracking emotions and manipulating us to some degree, which it does every day. You know, I assume it's supernatural because that seems to be the way it's going, because it's not outrightly saying at the moment it's supernatural after the first episode. But we assume that the the girl who we meet early on has succumbed to something similar, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I think that very much 
it opens it up to you know this is almost like a, we, we're taking the beats of a slasher film but we've got almost like a an unseen killer in a way again another spoiler for me i i, I was looking at the imdb of these young actors because it's like have, have i seen and and it did spoil for me how many episodes the actress who plays Rochelle <laughs> okay and yeah. I think Dawn did the same thing as well <laughs> looking at her nodding um I I thought the performance um the actress is called Isis Hainsworth and I I thought she was brilliant I mean yeah, I think they the the writers who are twins and I can't remember their names off the top of my head Clarkson. Michael and Paul Clarkson they i think have crafted a really likable lead uh, in rochelle at least who we know is from a sort of deprived background she's embarrassed by this as well and i think you know people look down on her that you know becky says to her you know it's dressed to impress my party it's a 10 pound door charge one of the the most sort of heart-wrenching scenes is them going to her going to the food bank with her two siblings and and you know it seems like this is something they regularly do you know she says sit at the breakfast table and the the app then uses that to embarrass her later on you know showing this video of her there and and not wanting anyone to sort of see that aspect of her life and i liked those elements i mean we've got the character of ren as well who's the friend who is seeing her dad secretively because we learn He's got a criminal background and there was presumably like social services involvement who've told uh, that she can't see her dad. That's what we learned from her mum. So there, there are sort of social elements there. I think to your point as well, Michael, the reason, you know, we sort of roughly all around the same age. The reason I didn't think I felt that old was that they kept playing like 90s tunes. Throughout I was going to say they were listening to music from the 90s before they were born. Because <laughs> the, 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 the writers I sort of worked out are sort of early 30s, I think like 33, 34. So there is that element that I don't know if it's sort of like an uncanniness, like almost, you know, when we talk about League of Their Own, they're using music after, you know, the time period. So I, I don't know if this is like we want to use this these songs that we know, but like when they're at the moors, it's all like, you know, rhythm is a dancer, show me love. I think there was a bit of sash in there. And then at the end, they use Barbie Girl as well. And so, she, clearly, she clearly has 5G on her phone to get messages from the moors. <laughs> what I liked as well is like how the, the opening scene, the girl there, um, Alyssa, I think her name was, you know, they were very wealthy. They almost had like this smart house when it went dark it was the 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 smart house was turning the lights down whereas when it went dark with rochelle it was because they hadn't put enough money on the on the uh, the top up meter it, it, it was it was very clever in the way it did things and i think it surprised me i wasn't maybe expecting as much as i i was and and i would definitely watch more of this again you know michael you were saying the sort of binge quality is all on the iplayer surprisingly um, I believe this is on Mondays and Tuesdays um, on BBC Three. Dawn, what what did you think? I, I I did think it was so clever the analogy for social media, the way that you know she gets the the, the clothes and things is 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 as such um, a metaphor for what happens. You know, on Instagram, you start posting your life, and then companies send you free stuff, mm. and it's in exchange for your life. You give them access to your life, and you get free stuff, and that's what the Red Rose app is doing. You're basically signing over your life to it and it will give you benefits. And I, I agree. I thought the actress playing Rochelle was fantastic. I'm sure yeah. she's going to uh, go into a lot of other things. She was so good. I, I know everything is, is this the new Stranger Things? And obviously, no, it isn't. It's very British. Uh, but I did think there was an element of the similarity in that it. it seems to be it's going for troubled teens, you know? it's It's going into that vulnerability that they have because as we see the, the friend group we see the all have problems that one has an alcoholic mother and uh, as you see Rain's father um, and was in prison and so you see that there's a, a a way for the app to get into each of them and obviously that again is a is the way that social media works too that these people who have something lacking in their own life and they're seeking it on social media to make them feel better and and uh, to give them status and that's what 
one of the things that Rochelle wants is respect. Um, so I, I thought it was very much in the mind of teenagers. I did feel like this was 30-year-olds writing for teenagers. It did feel like it was coming from a teenage place. But unlike Michael, I did feel very old because all their parents were actors who I thought were about 30. And I'm like, oh, no, are they old enough to be parents of teenagers? I am. Well, I, I think we worked out that you were old enough to be Will's mum last time. That's true. <laughs> okay, so. I am just old. I should just say that. <laughs> You know, even with something like Skins, which is now sort of 15 years old. And again, that was, and that was a father and son, wasn't it, writing for, so you had that youth aspect. And I don't know, maybe they have other writers working with them on this, but I think if I was going to be a little bit nitpicky, it maybe didn't feel like this was what youth is like now. You know, there are like references to Love Island and obviously the social media world, but it still really worked for me. And I think it was that sort of like, you've got this idea but you've also got the characters and Michael you mentioned in the flesh which I really liked and yeah. that had sort of similar sort of a sense of place as well and I think having it in Bolton where these two brothers are from I think and they know this area and, and that adds to it as well you know it has got the supernatural elements but what I feel will keep you is these characters it, it certainly surprised me because I don't think I was expecting what I got in a good way and of course I think one of the obviously elements of mystery to continue is who sent the red rose app and why and maybe what who's behind that in the future obviously i haven't haven't seen beyond episode one but that could be an element of it too as well as all the things the threads that are set up as well are you going to watch more michael is this yeah yeah, this is more up your street isn't it yeah Yeah, and actually one thing i would say as well is that it's certainly the best drama that we've watched of of the three i think that since bbc three's been back on linear tv because i know dawn you liked mood didn't you did you watch that to the end yeah, yeah i like that yeah and we were quite iffy on conversations with friends weren't we michael yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I, didn't I, did, like I didn't go back to it i saw about five episodes and didn't go back to that one that made us feel old i think yeah yeah <laughs> I, I didn't make it through two episodes of conversation with friends. I, I think there's a lot to like here. And, you know, if you're a bit on the fence, I think we all really enjoyed this. So give this a go. All on the iPlayer now or Tuesday, Mondays and Tuesdays, I think at 10 o'clock on BBC Three. Uh, we then turn now to Apple TV Plus, a um, drama called Five Days at Memorial. Michael feels like Apple have got a vendetta against him, so wasn't able to to access the preview copy to this. So if you want to go have a, a Actually, cup of tea and sit down, or I've got a dog yelping, so I'm going to go go see okay. the dog. If you want to just go and dance to rhythm as a dancer for five yeah. minutes or something like that. So Michael's going to have a dog break. Um, so oh yeah, there's the dog. So yeah, this is uh, Five Days at Memorial. It's based on a book by Sherry Fink. Um, explores the devastation that Hurricane Katrina uh, caused. Um, it focuses on the New Orleans Medical uh, Center uh, of the same name. Uh, it begins 13 days after Katrina. The uh, damage caused to Memorial is being explored. Are these sort of investigators are they doing? I didn't quite get who they were, these people who were. Oops, I muted you. Yes, they are. Yeah, they're investigators. Yeah, yeah um, and they find uh, during their investigation 45 dead bodies. We then see them uh, interrogating one of the senior uh, figures at the hospital, Dr. Horace Boltz, brought in to explain why they found the bodies. We then flash back to the to day one. There's goes over five days as the title would suggest um the staff at the hospital are preparing for the hurricane we get introduced to sort of a cavalcade of of figures all at once Uh, we've got vera farmiga here as uh the religious dr anna is it pow poe yeah um her i think she's sort of new to the area a lot of the staff have experienced storms in the past she hasn't uh, we've got Sherry Jones as uh, Susan Mulderick, who is both a nurse and she's the incident commander for the building. You know, obviously we are aware of, of what Katrina did, but there is that sense of complacency with the character. So, you know, we've been through storms before. How bad can this be? As sort of the wind and the rain and everything rises, 
we've got Susan looking through like the sort of protocol manual for different emergencies at the hospital, realising that there's no evacuation in the event of a flood. So that sort of raises the panic stations further. One of the sort of the big set piece of this episode is like one of the walkways collapsing and having to get everyone across before they can't get across anymore. It was very much, this is day one, things are going to get worse from here. Interestingly as well, this, um, I was reading, was going to be a book that Ryan Murphy was trying to adapt. Um, For the longest time, he wanted the second season of American Crime Story to be about Katrina, and obviously now it went to the impeachment story. But Dawn, how many of these did you watch then, and and what are your thoughts? (laughs) I ended up watching five. Five. I mean, what I should say is there are three available now on Apple TV, and then I believe it's, as as, as is the way, weekly on a Friday, new episode will drop. Yeah, there's there's eight episodes in total. The first five tell the story of each day of the five days, and then the last three are about the investigation and the resulting court case. So I didn't watch them. I was like, no, I wasn't too interested. You just told me it was five days at Memorial. I didn't bargain for another three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to see this. <laughs> but I agree with you. The first episode felt very much like a disaster film. And I assume each episode would then be like that. But it's not at all. And it becomes but that sort of the height of immediate disaster. And it, I, I, I found it really interesting because it's not the immediate oh, the windows are coming in and the rain's coming in. It's the slow creeping problems that come because they are surrounded by water and the water starts rising. Lack of clean water, the lack of food, the lack of one of the biggest issues they have is the um, air conditioning stops. And of course, New Orleans is horrific. Uh, And the knock-on effect that has on their patients and then the bureaucracy. As you say, we know what Katrina said, but I, I thought this was very interesting in that it made me much more aware of the reality of being in a situation like that, especially in America with the healthcare system, but it's all insurance, corporate and what are corporate going to pay for? Our corporate aren't going to pay for helicopters to evacuate us. We have to do the Coast Guard or the Army. It's it's very in-depth in how everything slowly falls apart in a in a in a uh, an emergency, a disaster. Cherry Jones is fantastic as the as the commander. She keeps saying, "Stop saying that!" And says, "Well, you're the incident commander." She's like, "Stop it! No!" Because Probably something have... she agreed to do so she get a little bit extra pay or something like yeah. that. You know, like being a first aider or a fire marshal at work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She thought oh, that's fine, and and obviously she hadn't even looked the, the instruction book until mm. the, this moment, and she. She is then in the situation as it goes on in making life or death decisions. Uh, you know, the young doctor, the um, played by Cornelius Smith Jr., Dr. Bryant King, I think his name is, mm. he's very, you know, optimistic and eager and wants to be the people, the, the doctor who can save everybody. And then there's these older doctors who are just saying, can't, we can't do that. And that's the, 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 the problem that, um, uh, Dr. Anna Poo, how, however you pronounce it, what she faces and how she ends up, no spoiler because it's the, <laughs> it's the book and it real really, life. Yeah, it's real life. She was, was sued for um... With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
murder. We're murdering several patients. And it becomes a question of, is it um, euthanasia or is it murder mm. or is it just inevitability? This hospital as well has got like a separate long-term care thing as well. I didn't mention that. This is all of memorial is where they treat the patients and then you know, they've got this long term where there's sort of older people and I'm presuming that that's most of the bodies are these older yeah. residents or and and because they're a separate entity, the corporate heads won't deal with them. There's they're not our problem, they're not our company. Mm. And so the the staff there, the chief uh, nurse, I assume she is, she is just left with no help whatsoever. And the hospital aren't helping her. Nobody's helping her. Um, she's just got to rely on her nurses. And there's um, a, a problem of two morbidly obese patients, you know, well over 300 pounds, who are on, you know, in need of severe care. How on earth do you evacuate them? But especially because we discovered that they have a, a helicopter pad on top of the building. That hasn't been used since uh, since the Reagan days, <laughs> since 1987, and they have to go and see if it's fit to be to be used. And they're saying, "Yeah, go test it." So you literally see security men jumping up and down on it, going, "Yeah, that works." <laughs> I wasn't sure about this, but I think you've sort of convinced me to <laughs> to watch. <laughs> I was sort of thinking, "Shall I go? Watch, shall I watch another?" Because it are all the episodes about the same length? Because the first yeah. one's about forty minutes, and I was like. I wasn't sure if it'd be more of the same because that's sort of what it felt like. But from from what you're saying, it's a lot more in in interested in sort of the politics as well as the the loss yeah. of life. And I really liked the the ensemble that they had. I Vera Farmiga when you first see her come on screen, and she's very powerful. And you know they do give you that sense of time as well. That Katrina was 2005, so when we flash back, the first thing we hear is Maroon Five obviously um one of michael's favorite groups i'm sure if he's back now <laughs> i just got back big maroon five fire michael i believe yeah yes. love them i've got posters of them all around my room <laughs> cherry jones you mentioned as well is absolutely i i loved her on 24 and you know she's did a couple of episodes of succession she was in a couple of years ago and she's sort of very sort of motherly presence isn't she every time she's on screen even if she's playing the president like she did in 24 she's got that sort of motherly nature about her so you see her as the um the the one who's trying to hold everything together and she's is she there with her mother as well yes, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so there's that relationship there and you see this starting to break in in the first episode so i think they there's so many characters to set up in a short amount of time that possibly the first episode had a lot of job to do and and now we know everyone i i will try and <laughs> carve out some time to 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 go on and and have a have a look and see if it is worth sticking with but the first three episodes are up there now and then uh, new episodes weekly on a friday finally we have got um a new amazon prime drama this is a league of their own a adaptation would you say of the 1992 film uh it's, I, I would say a reimagining a re reboot i suppose of the film um yeah created by will graham and abby jacobson from broad city and she also stars in it as carson shaw who is i suppose an equivalent of the gina davis she's the central character she's a married woman and it opens with her in 1943, running to catch the train to go to the All-American Baseball tryouts for women, which is um, they've, they've created because of the, the war effort. Baseball must continue to keep the American spirits up, so they decide to get women in. Immediately when she gets off the train in Chicago, she runs into Darcy Carden, who is in a way sort of embodying the spirit of the Madonna character a bit. And uh, Melanie Field plays Joe, who's the sort of Rosie O'Donnell character and her best friend, and they create a friendship of sorts and, and go to the tryout. Um, and uh, the as is the movie, they all, along with all the other characters we see, make the team of the Rockford Peaches and go to Illinois to become a train and become a team. And, and it's I think this, compared to the film, this focuses a lot more on the lives of the women rather than the baseball. The baseball seems to be a bit 
secondary in this. Uh, and I think it's episode two, we meet their coach, who obviously in the uh, original film was Tom Hanks, who's a, a alcoholic, not wanting to uh, do anything. And then, of course, he slowly is won over by them. In the series, it's uh, Nick Offerman from Parks and Rex and uh, everything. <laughs> uh, everything else he does. He is their uh, coach, who is Dove Porter, famously named because he not killed a dove with a, a pitch at one point, and has uh, but then lost his arm. He pretty damaged his arm, and so he couldn't. He, he seems differently to the John Hart character. He seems to be all in and yes, giving them advice, whatever. But then we, of course, realise no, he just thinks it's all a joke, and he's just doing it to get back into the major leagues. There is a, a much broader range of characters in this, obviously, than, than the film. They've got much more diverse. We have um, uh, Cuban characters. And the other part of the story is that there is a black woman called Maxine who wants to try out, but of course they won't allow uh, African-Americans to try out. And we see her life. She lives in Illinois, so we see her life and her best friend plan and her efforts to get into the to baseball one way or another, um, even though she uh, works at her mother's salon. So we have the two parallel stories, and of course they, they meet, uh, uh, Carson and uh, Maxine meet, and, and presumably in the future become uh, friends. I haven't watched the whole series. You'll be how right. many, how many, do and how many? <laughs> I think I've watched four. Four, okay. <laughs> Restraint there from Dawn. Yeah. Now, I should have possibly asked this at the start, but what, have you either of you got a relationship with the film? I know Dawn has. Michael, yeah. do, you, have, do you know the film at all? No, or? I didn't know of the film. I've never seen it, no. Right, okay. Um, Dawn, what about you? Yeah, I love the film. It's one of my favourite films. watched oh. it many a time, uh, and I watched it this summer uh, in preparation <laughs> for this. <laughs> this film is, is a little bit, sort of, I would say, special, perhaps, because I think it was the first sort of grown-up film I saw at the cinema. I think it, I was probably like eight or nine when it came out. Only previously seen like, you know, Disney family films. So it's sort of, you know, your first sort of film like this. And I've seen it a few times on TV over the years. So sort of know the, the basic beats of it. And I, I think this fleshes it out more, doesn't it? And you, as you yeah. say, you've got similar characters here to, as you say, Darcy Carden playing... Is it all the way May? I think Madonna's yes. character was called. In um, having not watched past episode one, I've not seen. But I believe Nick Offerman isn't as big a part in in this as he is. No. The Tom Hanks, obviously being Tom Hanks, was was one of the and it, uh, the the famous "There's no crying in baseball" line as well. In that, you know, um, his, his sort of his relationship with the with the women and how he came to love them over the time and, and what have you. And the, there is also the element here of the the sort of the same sex relationship and um, the Abba Jacobson character, her f- true feelings, if you were, and, and where she wants to be and how. I, and I suppose that's the, the, the two characters, isn't it? They're not where they want to be and they're, they're, they both want to be baseball players, but as well as these other things that are, are holding them back. Michael, as someone who hasn't seen the film, what what we all you know going in cold as just a TV show? How did you find it? I loved it. I really loved it. I was surprised by it, obviously, because I didn't really know much about the film other than it was about baseball. But I just think immediately uh, Carson Shaw is just such a likable central character, and then when she meets up with Darcy Carden and Melanie Field, they just make this really unique, uh, strong presence on the screen. Everything about it, the wonderful direction which ironically is very modern considering it's set in the 50s and the mostly 50s soundtrack. 40s 40s sorry mostly 40s soundtrack with transport yeah the war of course <laughs> i'd never paid attention at school all right uh, <laughs> really yeah and it touches on issues of race and sexism and i think it's really fitting at a time when in football the women have just played to full stadiums and millions of people around mm. the world on their tv screens in the Euros, that this raises questions on whether people will, and I quote, pay to watch women running around. It surprised me. I think in the same way that Red Rose surprised you, Mm. long-form TV is definitely having the upper hand at the moment, because the argument for something 
I hate to go back to it. Not that I'm bitter. Something like The Sandman is because it's <laughs> comics. They say, well, you can't do that in a film. It needs to be a TV series to get everything involved. Whereas something like this, obviously I'm no expert on the film, but this is a way of elaborating on themes from the film and, in, and getting more into it into a TV series. And mm. I assume it expands on the gender imbalance and the war and all the other issues we've mentioned. But it kind of makes me want to watch the original as well. And I will watch more of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah no it's it i think the the film is mainly about the relationship between the two sisters isn't it i think that's the gina davidson and laurie petty characters in that um and as we said the tom hanks sort of being this former star who who's alcoholic and and those are the sort of the, whereas this is these two characters who we meet and and as you say we're instantly taken by both of them i think as well they're really likable. I think the other thing as well is this looks absolutely fantastic. It does, Michael, yeah. as you said, mod- yeah. the, the modern aesthetics to it, those uniforms, the bar that they go to, the sort of, you know, there was the dramatic elements. There's also the comedic element. There's that scene at the hotel where they're drunk and they're writing the letter to her husband. Uh, you know, I think all of these this week, I'm like, I loved it, but I've got so much to watch. And Luke is going to kill me if I don't watch Severance at some point as well. <laughs> Um, oh, I, lo- I don't know. To me, it just felt like a complete world. It was set up immediately, mm. and you just felt immediately at ease with everything that was going on. And like you said, you referenced the humour, like the thing with the receptionist or at the hairdressers, which I really love. The way they have that m- kind of modern humour and mm. sarcas- sarcasm and like side takes and all these kind of things within that world. I just thought it all fitted perfectly and, and streamed really well together. Yeah, and I think maybe that's the the marry over from the film is that tone, you know, there are comedic and dramatic elements in it and possibly that's what they've taken and we've got the, the general this is this is the women's baseball league during the war the the themes of the sexism but we've added, you know, the sexuality, we've added the racism, we've got roughly 8 hours to play with. What can we do with this and it looks like, you know, from what you're saying Dawn having watch the most out of any of us that they have done a really good job with the initial building blocks reading around it abby jacobson looks like she's a massive fan of the film as well so i think it's not just like a skeptical what ip can we put like the um the lethal weapon tv series for example or there was a taken tv series if anyone remembers a lot of these tv series that have come from films i feel have been sort of cynically made whereas this is a love letter to the original film given more time to tell more complex stories i think yeah i think you can see that a lot of love and uh respect has gone into it definitely yeah i I think it's like they've taken the film and they've just said okay well everything about the film but let's add what we should have added which is the story of the african-american women and uh women's sexuality and more diversity with uh, there's a, another a Spanish actress and a, and a Cuban actress. Mm. So I think it's just saying, look, these are all the things that should have also been in the film, and but now they're here. And I, I think, think 30 years ago, it would have been hard to tell that. Yes. Certainly the sexuality story yeah. was something, you know, even in the early 90s, that was sort of fringe storytelling, which thankfully now is something that is normalised to an extent. You can tell that story, whereas maybe you couldn't have in the film again very positive on this one and i think it is all up on amazon prime yeah now yeah um so yeah so that is another podcast in the books quickly uh let us know your twitters and where people can find your various podcasts and what have you yeah i'm yekim underscore mikey on twitter i am don glenn two on twitter and i am at matt's tv bites the site at luke custard tv and the podcast at custard tv pod uh, we will be back. We're not sure yet. The next one we will be reviewing House of the Dragon, the Game of Thrones spin-off. It depends when we can get a preview of that or if we can get a preview of that. So it's either going to be next week or in two weeks. Um, teaser that Gary will be uh, joining us to review that. So there's something to look forward to. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you uh, once again and goodbye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.